And we are live once more, once again, on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages and beliefs, welcome, welcome all. Uh, today, I have a very special guest. We will be talking about a topic that um, not too many people uh, know about, not too many people have done research in. Um, my guest for tonight is Micah. Micah Dank. We will be talking about astrotheology and what all that means and what all comes with that. Micah, welcome. Uh, introduce yourself to the, Thank you. the good people watching <laughs> and listening. Yeah, I'm an astrotheologist. I've been studying uh, for about 11 years. I've been writing books about it. I've been teaching it for about three years. Uh, I'm pretty well known in the field. All the top ones know me. Um, it's just interesting. What it is, is it is the <clears throat> mythology of the Zodiac and the constellations that they knew about at the time they wrote the Bible and how they encoded these secret codes into the Bible. That's basically what the Bible is. The Bible is basically an encoded astrology book. Yeah. That's because uh, that's that's the main thing that so many people do not understand. Like the Bible isn't um, factual, historical, right? Um, it is not reality more, or original either. No, that, no, that it's not original. I mean, um, you know, I'm very much into uh, into all the pagan circles, of course. So um, you know, we know that. The Bible definitely isn't a uh, a original text, and that all the holidays are um, are pagan holidays. Um, you know, most well known being well, we just had you know Easter being a um, you know a feast of fertility, uh, which has nothing to do with Eostra. That's goes back something. to Ishtar. That's where you get the word Easter from. Ishtar. It goes even further back. I think she was called Anana. Yeah, I mean it. It goes it goes so far so far back, um, and even Christianity, like with the, um, I believe it even took a lot of things from Zoroastrianism. Mm -hmm. Like that was the most recent precursor of Christianity, uh, if I am not mistaken. And even the uh, the Christian God, you know, who supposedly is a singular God, comes from a, uh, a pantheon, the Elohim. They are a pantheon of gods. Well, they are. Um, Genesis 1, it says, um, not Genesis 1, but in Genesis, it says, let us make man our image. Yes. My image. And it yes. Us. It doesn't say, let me make man in my image. Like so many people misunderstand that. But I, I guess that with the, just the numerous times that the Bible has been translated over well, 2000 plus years, I mean, I guess it's been 2000 plus years, like who actually knows? Um, like so many things got lost in uh in translation and you know i just i just think it's funny that you can actually say that's uh true christianity it's basically pagan because it's a i'm convinced that the antichrist they talk about in the bible the antichrist is mm -hmm. literal christianity as opposed to the, the esoteric and the spiritual mm -hmm. meaning i think that the antichrist is literal christianity the bible is so deep it was never meant to be read literally and if you read it literally, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have to play with uh, things like apologetic. Where you're going to have to start explaining how you're talking donkey, you're talking snake, and all these kind of things that happen. All the contradictions within the Bible. It wasn't meant to be taken literally. It is so deeply encoded. But the problem is, is it was written with the... It's not that they didn't have the... Mm -hmm. 
the problem is is that it was written societally by the norms of the day which a lot of the laws were taken from the code of Hammurabi I've never heard that one could you explain what that is because I so the we know of Hammurabi is a Babylonian text. everybody knows that oh okay of course text, it, it goes back so a lot of the a lot of the Bible goes back for example the book of Genesis is not the oldest Bible but the oldest book in the Bible now mm -hmm. It was put there because it makes sense time -wise. but the oldest book in the bible is actually the book of job the book okay of job is actually the oldest bible they put it together in that specific order in 100 a.d during the synod of jamnia because in 190 a.d they had not canonized the bible they were the books were out of order so they had to set them in order the interesting thing about that is is that around 70 a.d 30 years prior to this synod uh the gospel of mark came out it's the oldest gospel the oldest out of the four and they were debating whether or not to include so the reason that it goes back to Babylon in Babylonia they tell you you know if your daughter does this then you shall pay with this or you shall do this this is where we get the the basis from all of yeah so it's the idea that part of the Bible would say if, um, if two people are if two men are arguing and one of the women and one of the wives comes and tries to stop the fight by grabbing her husband's genitals you shall cut her hand off you know it, it's it's shit like that that goes back to yeah you didn't know about that <laughs> no no that's uh, that's it's a pretty stuff, rough measure yeah but it's stuff like see that's the problem it was it, it, it's not a modern day society i mean you can argue that in 2000 years they'll look at us with everything that's going on socioeconomically politically right now and realize that we're crazy you know it's just like every generation thinks that the previous generation was crazy and trying to get it all but when you're looking at the old testament and the new testament you have to realize is that it was a product of their time for example in astro theology taurus is the bull and the reason taurus is the bull is because that's kind of that's april showers bring May flowers that's planting the reason taurus is the bull is because the bull in the heavens you have to see the bull it's as above so below see the bull in the heavens you have to put the plow on the bull on earth in order to plant because if you didn't plant during taurus oh. if you didn't plant during taurus you're not going to reap in virgo that's why it's a lady with the wheat stalk because the virgins would go out and heal during Virgo and, uh, and harvest the wheat in order to make the bread for the year. Libra, which comes right after uh, Virgo, is wine season. So the bread and the wine, the symbols of Christianity, right? Or two signs. Yeah. And if you didn't look, if you didn't notice the bowl in the sky when it was when you're supposed to plant, you're not eating and winter is going to come and you're not going to be eating yeah no that that definitely makes sense uh i i you know especially in paganism and of course the more occult circles everyone it just loves the the as above so below but right well let's define like, occult for a second the word occult is a latin word it literally just means hidden it's not being not yeah or or any of that kind of no and that's you know that's um i think people are starting to understand it better that occult doesn't mean you know what uh all those conspiracy theorists will say right. it is you know all those well, all dark rituals read, all you have to do is read the roman cat roman catholic catechism 2116 if you want to pull it up and read it for everyone it's a very uh sure roman i have no idea how to spell that roman catechism which one was it 2116 one, six. let's see if i can find it paragraph 2116 there we go uh this is from the second edition all forms of divination are to be rejected uh, recourse to satan or demons conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future 
consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretations of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance and resource to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the, in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliates hidden powers they contradict the honor respect and loving fear loving fear okay that we owe to god alone so that's right, so see right there that's why people tell you that astrology is nonsense when it's not it's the basis of these books i mean that's basically telling everyone well not what the church is, what, what the church has been saying for millennia now like god is the only one don't trust everything else don't do everything else you know the pagans and the heathens you know they're devils and that's why you know pagan or heathen has become such a um a negative word has has gotten that negative energy attached to it well it's you know it's really simple we're people of the land you know we uh we worship nature we worship the nature gods we look at the skies we look at nature for you know for help and for understanding there's nothing to do with you know the all the the bad things like the devil and whatever like paganism doesn't even know a a devil like we know bad entities and we have darker entities and beings and all and i mean odin himself is uh, is a left-hand path god um you know it has nothing to do well, with it if you, and if you permit if you permit me to share my screen i can explain to you what god is yes of course of course all right i'm gonna share my screen okay can you see this yep all right so i'm gonna read to you <clears throat> something that i wrote in my first book i'm turning 40 this year I wrote this when I was 28, 29, 29. I think. Yeah, it's from my first book, Into the Rabbit Hole, which is my book series. Scientists have determined through completion of the genome project that humans are roughly 99.7% identical wise, DNA wise. Two penguins are more genetically different than you and I are. Whomever finds this, I want you to try this experiment. Write your name down. Write your two parents' names down above yours. Now you have four grandparents, eight great grandparents, and you go on. Let's go back 35 generations. It roughly takes you back to the year 840. You will have 137 billion people. The number of ancestors list reminds me of a story of the servant summoned by the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh was pleased with how the servant was doing and wanted to reward him. Serving you is all I desire, sir, the servant insisted. No, I insist that you ask for something, anything you desire, the Pharaoh said back. This went back and forth until the Pharaoh got mad and threatened punishment. After thinking long and hard, the servant seeing a chessboard in front of him said, on one day, on day one, I want one piece of rice. On the second, I want two. Each day, you will double the previous days until this chessboard is complete. I will place a grain on each square representing each day completed. The first day, the pharaoh sent his finest servant in a parade with a golden pouch to deliver the grain. The amount grew exponentially, and halfway through the board, there was no more grain in the land. The pharaoh summoned the servant back in. Your Highness, all I ever wanted to do was serve you, replied the servant. The servant, although now the wealthiest man in the land, had retained his hubris. It was there that the pharaoh learned not to question humility or assume that giving material gifts as tokens of appreciation were all that mattered. As for the servant, he continued to work for the pharaoh, however, he had taken all the rice and continued to feed all the poor and homeless until the day of his death. The point of both of these stories is that it's simple math. In fact, it's how cells divide in your body and mass produce. The reason I stopped at this particular time frame, 840 AD, is because it's roughly how many people it's been calculated that have ever lived on planet Earth. Remember I said 137 billion people, if you do the math, they've calculated that 140 billion people have ever lived on Earth. Even if we take the Bible literally, we still need to get to October 23rd, 4004 BCE. 
We're in a bit of a pickle here. There needs to be a way to bridge the gap, and that is where the pedigree collapse. The concept states that there is no other explanation other than a whole lot of it. Sometimes, like in the case of the Kentucky blue people, uh, in the States, these are uh, an inbred group of people that have blue skin because they keep breeding inbred. There are no branches Ooh, on no. the tree. Sometimes, like in the banking or royal families, it is to preserve money or special genetics. Based yeah. on the DNA, geneticists say that the farthest point one person can be on the planet from you is 50th cousin. So there is no way that me and you are further than 50th cousins from one another. That's pretty close. Yes. Now, also, if your mom was from country X and your dad was from country X as well, there's a 20% chance that they share a common ancestor within 10 generations back. So what does it all mean? Well, in a nutshell, it means far back enough we're all related and we should all start to act like one. Let's explore different cognitive viewpoints. How about from a creationist? Well, we all came from Adam and Eve. Technically, Eve from Adam's rib, and even more technically, Adam was made from mud and dirt from the world God created. How about from an evolutionist? Okay, let's start with the Big Bang. Let alone the fact that all the material we came, we are came from an infinitesimally dense singularity, and nobody seems to want to to explain where that singularity came from, but we'll let that slide. We were all yeah. one at one point. How about the idea of source energy? If our souls are like crumbs off a cookie, the cookie being source, God, whatever you want to call it, then we are all connected multidimensional. And upon death, it will be a vibrational change of frequency back to it. Let's try one last. Aliens placing us. <laughs> you would yeah. still have to account for the first humans and how we all came about. You don't just magically have a species proof we're here, or do you? If so, who created this first test group of people? Secondly, what about the first spirit consciousness of DNA that evolved this level of higher thinking? There's a big difference between what I am writing and a monkey who's fed up with people taking pictures of him and throwing his shit at them. <laughs> well, look, the point is that at some point, things had to come back to a singularity in the sense of one source of point. Humans are so quick to think of the end of the world, things ending, but what they can't do is think about the beginning. This was my first book 10 years ago. It was so close to the ultimate truth. But first we need to define God. That's what we need to do. So give me some of God's, like a religious person, what would they say God is? Give me some of his qualities, like omnipotence and things like that. Yeah, omnipotence, um, loving, you know, loving everyone, um, judging, like judgmental, right. which contradicts the love thing. If you, uh, if you ask me, like if he's all loving, then, you know, why the need to? judge people and if he is all loving then why would he create uh something like a a hell a hell as the christians and the, the catholics um know it's 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 also incredibly contradictory to each other but god yeah omnipotent you know he's he's everywhere he's every thing which so is we would say that god is infinite then right sure yeah okay this is a christian viewpoint right a religious viewpoint um yeah it's also animistic you know god is in everything and everything is god um so let's do this so the sun tells the hour of the day the moon tells mm -hmm. the day of the month the zodiac tells the month of the year aside from the fact that dna is a computer blueprint for life and we now have a perfect calendar in the heaven in the middle of nowhere in the milky way galaxy there is a perfect calendar for us to figure out these are fingerprints of god so now we've defined God as existing, but where is God? Well, it must be beyond space and time, because beyond the 11 dimensions of string theory. Ask any religious person to define God, and they will tell you that God is infinite. So here we go. God is infinite. So how can something exist outside of the infinite? The biggest lie we've been taught is that we are separate from God, that we should fear it, that we are separate from it. We are a part of it. Many of you have children. They are literally half your DNA, so they are a part of you. 
but you experience them subjectively outside your body. So is with God and us. A piece of God comes down in what we call consciousness into your body, and we feel separate. We are all God experiencing itself subjectively. If you are infinite and everything, nothing can exist outside of you, not space or time. So what do you do if you're everything? You trick yourself into thinking you're not God and experience yourself subjectively and experience everything that you've created. We are a species with amnesia living in a simulation. Einstein said about God that he believes in the God of Spinoza. Baruch Spinoza was a thinker who said that God doesn't want you huddled in churches and temples in the cold praying as loud as with others, praying the loudest. Jesus said that those that give for publicity or pray the loudest, they have their reward. What that basically means is their ego is being stroked, so that is what they have their reward, but it's not a holy one. Yeah, as you as you see with all those mega churches, for example, and right. uh, the, the pastors, you know, flying flying around the world teaching the you know the the teachings of the of the Bible and Christ, like flying around the world in a G six or right. whatever. If you pray, pray by yourself. Spinoza's God wants you to go to the mountains and the lake and enjoy what I am created for you and worship that way. The biggest lie we've ever been collectively taught is that we now when we are a baby in our mother's womb, the mother being the supreme being is aware of the baby. However, the baby is not aware of the mother from its vantage. As is sure. us with God. We are each a piece of God unaware of the whole because we're in the middle of it. Now we get into Alan Watts, who understood this concept. Jesus Christ knew he was God. So wake up and find out eventually who you really are. In our culture, of course, they'll say you're crazy and blasphemous, and they'll either put you in jail or the nut house, which is pretty much the same thing. However, if you wake up in India and you tell your friends and relations, my goodness, I've just discovered that I'm God, they'll laugh and say, oh, congratulations, at last you found out. There's also a woman named Nargis Allegria that talks about this. To become absolute, you have to accept that you are God, that there is only God. You have to admit that others are gods too. But if your love does not stretch that far and you are blinded by your shadow, don't complain that liberation did not happen yet. Why should freedom reveal itself to someone who refuses to embody love? When you are ready to perceive God in everything, you have opened a gate, a gate that opens the possibility of being eaten raw by the absolute. P.S. Everything that you hate is God because there is only God. Anything that you should think should not be happening is God because there is only God. Realize they're only being God and it will prevail. First in your experience, then in the collective. So a lot of religious people have a huge problem with this, thinking that God is also the good and the bad. But Isaiah 45, 7, I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. It literally tells you this. They understood this science. They understood it's just been perverted. Everything in existence is a part of God. Everything. The good, the mm-hmm. bad, all of it. Religious people can't admit they're God, only Jesus and God are God. But then how can something exist outside the infinite? String theory used to be the most cutting-edge quantum physics, and it talks of 11 dimensions to make it work. Now the most cutting-edge quantum physics states that the universe is conscious. Welcome to the party. Incidentally, Hermes talks about string theory 6,000 years ago. The third hermetic principle is the principle of vibration. Nothing rests, everything vibrates, just like the strings in string theory. You are God experiencing itself subjectively through amnesia. The book of Thomas saying 77, put a piece of wood and I am there, raise up a stone and you will find me. God is everything, the wood, the stone, you, and this now makes sense. In the Quran 532, they tease it too. That is why we decreed for the children of Israel that whoever kills a soul without it being guilty of manslaughter or corruption on the earth is as though he has killed all mankind. And whoever saves a life is as though he has saved all men. We are all one. We are all God. This now makes sense too. Yeah. Matthew 25, 40, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of me, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We are all one. This now makes sense now. We are all God. Therefore, we are infinite and eternal. When I think you- it's 
Sorry, just real quick. I think it's funny how the um, the God of Spinoza and of um, you know what you just read by splitting splitting a piece of wood. He's there lifting up a rock. He's there. It sounds very pagan. It sounds very much um, you know God is in nature. God is everywhere and is everywhere to be well, found. It's like it's a very also, you can make the you can make the argument like what is a bottle of soda? Well, this is part of the everything. How is a bottle of soda God? Well, if you think about it, everything is energy at the micro yeah. levels, at the string levels of this. These are strings that are vibrating to give it its properties, its color, its taste, all of that stuff. Everything is energy. Everything vibrates. For lack of a better word, alive. Everything is is what it is. So when you realize you are eternal and you are God, just as the enlightened have realized in the past, you get filled with love. You no longer fear death and you're driven to love one another, not because of fear or punishment like the religion. The biggest mystery of life is sitting in front of you in plain sight. The religious texts allude to it, but they never come out and say it. You also have to understand, this is important for you to understand too, by the way, that when you come to this realization, that feeling you get is the exact same feeling that religious people get when they, only they are ruled by fear. This is why it's so hard for them to let go of their holy books as a literal text, which brings me to my next book, the Bible. Is made up of holy sciences. We alluded, we alluded to it at the beginning. It's metaphysical, yeah. astrological, which is what I teach, anatomical, alchemical, spiritual, esoteric, and mythology. It's also an etymology, a numerology, and a gematria book. There's 10 holy sciences in this book. I've been studying the astrological one and teaching it for 11 years. Each one of these sciences requires that much work. You have to put in your Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours into it. There are also, not literal, it's not literal, it's not history, it's not reality, and it's not original. We are all God interacting with itself. We are eternal and infinite and powerful. We use DMT and hallucinogenics to see other realms and connect with God. We meditate to lose the voice in our head so that we could be one with the all. This is the secret of life. And the meaning of life is to find your gift. And the purpose of life is to give it away. And that's my presentation that I give when people want to know what God is. I mean, it's very, very clear cuts. It, um, you know, it, it says it, it says it all. And, um, yeah, I I absolutely love it, and it it surprises me how much of it is uh, is animistic or sounds very um, sounds very pagan in origin. Because if you ask the the church like how much paganism is in your religion, they'll you know I'm, like I said they'll crucify you for that. Right. But but especially within uh, Catholicism is you know is what I have found out over the years catholicism basically is a christianized paganism you know they took our they took our gods they took our dem demigods and they gave them christian names and put saint in front of it um or sometimes they they don't even change it at all uh for example saint bridget i believe one of the uh the patron saints of ireland she's still the same she has still the same name she's still you know the same well goddess it's just now she's the saint i think it's absolutely well absolutely bonkers how so many christians and catholics or just you know abrahamics in general from the right. three major well, religions this is the other part that's this is the other part that that people don't seem to realize that you don't understand let me ask you a question who wrote the old test um what group of people the um the students of christ right the, um, the old testament the old testament i do not know actually oh yeah too, like, yeah of course Right? Now, let me yeah. ask you a question. Who wrote the New Testament? The New Testament are the apostles, right? The or... answer is the same. The Jews wrote the New Testament. So let me ask you a question. Why would a group of people who have spent maybe 1,500 years writing the first book, where they're basically the chosen people and they're to be protected and all this stuff, why then do they 
go and write the new test, knowing full well that people are going to use that against yeah, you. Yeah, that's a good question. That really doesn't make sense unless you're just filled with hate and self-loathing. But then again, you yeah, know, you... The idea... So follow me real quick before, because I see you kind of have the Zodiac up there in your background. Um, yeah. In the age of Taurus, it was the Egyptian and the Jews later on. The Egyptians mm -hmm. were basically the age of Taurus. You could see hieroglyphs with the bull with the sun between its heads. They worship the bull. They slaughtered the bull. Moses goes up on top, uh, and then, and sorry, let, let me go into this. The, the Old Testament was written by the Jews. They are the people of Aries, the ram. Because remember, you're talking about the procession of the equinoids. Don't go in order. They go backwards. You have the seasons The during the yearly procession. It goes from Aquarius to Pisces to Aries to Taurus. But it goes backwards during the procession, what age we're in. And um, the... After Taurus is the ram, and the Jews are the people of the ram. That's why they smear the lamb, which is a baby ram's blood, on the doorpost. That's why they blow the ram's horn in the temple, because they're the people of the and, um, the golden calf in the, the, golden calf. In the, de goes the desert. Moses, Moses goes up to get the Ten Commandments, and they hear a lot of noises, okay? They hear a lot of um, thunder, because it's a volcano. They hear a lot of noises, thunder, rustling, and everything. In Hebrew, the word for thunder is voice. That's what it translates to, because they thought God was talking to him, because the mountain. Also, oh. Sinai is a combination of two words. Sin, which is a Sumerian word, which means moon god. And AI, which means mountain. So it's the mountain of the moon god. Why? Because they were in the desert. Moses went up on this volcano. God was talking to him there. They saw the moon come up before it. They thought the moon came from the mountain, from the volcano. So that's why it was called Mount Sinai. So he comes down and he sees them worshiping a golden calf. So what's more likely? Did these Jews who had to run out of Egypt, supposedly, because there's no evidence that they did. Did mm -hmm. these Jews run out of Egypt with... They couldn't even let the bread rise. That's why there's matzah to this day, right? They couldn't let the bread rise. Um, they left with just basically the clothes on their back and they escaped Egypt, right? Yeah. In a hurry. And they go to the desert and they're they're just wandering and they don't have anything. But yet they have enough gold to make a giant statue. And they also found welding equipment in the middle of the desert so that they could make this giant statue. Or is it more likely that it's just a celestial metaphor like they all are? And the calf is Taurus, the bull, and the gold is the sun. They were worshipping the sun in Taurus, the age of Taurus, whether they're the people of Aries, the ram, hence the ram's horn, the lamb's uh, blood, all that stuff. The, the, the lamb, lamb of God. Is the lamb of God. Oh, yeah. It goes into that, too. So God being, God being their shepherds and all. And, right. so yeah. That's, that's the Jews, right? And then the Christians, which is the next zodiac sign. Mm-hmm is the two fish. That's why Jesus feeds the masses with two fish. That's why he's known as the fisherman of men. That's oh, and that's the, um, the Pictus, or what is it? The, um, the decal you see on... Uh, Jesus the... fish. Yeah, that's the yeah. Pisces. That's the Vesica Pisces. That's what happens when you take two circles and you, you circle them and they and, and they go through each other. The middle section yeah. of Vesica Pisces. In the, old, in the Old Testament, in the book of John, after Jesus gets raised from the dead, after Jesus gets raised from the dead, he's walking along the shore... And he sees the fishermen, and they can't catch any. And he tells them to throw the net to the other side. But when he throws the net to the other side, that's in Pisces, the fish. So they catch the fish, and they drag the fish to shore. They count them. It's 153. I just told you the Vesica Pisces is when you have an interaction, intersect yeah. circles. The Vesica Pisces, its mathematical equation is 247 over 153. So the ancients huh. knew all this ancient science. It's all encoded. The whole Bible is encoded with all these ancient sciences. And the only thing that makes people crazy is that they're taking it literally. And because you know, it's it's just mind-blowing. I have to go use the bathroom real quick, so I'll be right back. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Um, I'm just going to 
sit here <laughs> think about uh think about all of this because this is this is absolutely amazing um uh yeah i was uh when he stated that when he um went about the uh the hermetic principles i thought of the Kabbalion. i mean there is some uh discourse about if the Kabbalion is a true hermetic text but the principles are uh they are the same they are uh yeah this is this is all very very interesting stuff and i am absolutely absolutely loving it um real quick after this uh after the show is over after the the podcast is over definitely go check out um micah his his stuff on his channel uh he posts a lot um i am subscribed with notifications on so like almost daily or multiple times a day i get a notification like definitely check out his content as well because it all makes sense and you don't have to be a you know you don't have to be a scholar or a genius to uh, sorry about that man i'm turning 40 it doesn't work yeah, I'm to <laughs> it doesn't work as well as it used to oh no that's that's fine that's uh that's that's perfectly fine i uh, i understand it's uh a male problem unfortunately yeah um so um, i mean that's that's basically it you have you know every age there's a new religion there has to be there is that's just what it is yeah which is fascinating because um there is a pagan revival going on you know i of course am uh you know i'm a pagan myself and i i have my own tribe tribe of the greater pagans and i have been paying attention to it and have been talking with a lot of people about it uh the old gods uh or at least the old gods of europe um however there is from to my understanding also kind of a pagan revival going on in the middle east as well but they are manifesting themselves again we are finding more stuff uh from them again uh even recently we found the uh the oldest runic inscription to date and um I, i'm not sure what the cause of it is um although the funny thing is that it really kicked off uh or you know really like really went went big when um when COVID hit and we all got you know locked up in our our own homes when we were you know basically put on house arrest for the greater good um and i think it's because we were like we were disconnected from each other and disconnected from nature because you know we also couldn't go outside um although here here in the netherlands the rules were less strict than uh than other countries we were quite fortunate we never had really had a um a hard lockdown never really had a military style lockdown um but that's when the the pagan revival really like really grew and i think it's because you know people like they missed nature they missed each other they missed the human connection and the um the church really wasn't helping uh you know i've said in uh, a couple of my shows now that i have seen pictures come by that uh, certain churches would have a banner hanging get the jab because jesus won't save you and it's like but doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of what you're talking about yeah. and them going along with the whole you know drag queen lgbt stuff uh when they were like so against it at first you know uh, i think that has partially or is partially contributing to it because a lot of um i'm gonna share something 
else. Sure. You brought up the LGBT. Do I have this open? Yeah, I was. Um, this was brought to my attention by uh, Ethan Indigo, uh, the fourth initiate. He uh, he showed me and a couple of a uh, couple of my tribes people when we were on the um, on the meet hall that the um, the LGBT flag is um, is all the colors of the chakras, but reversed. Uh, so down instead of bottom up. Yeah, well, I mean, they want to keep you in the lower chakras. I'm not talking. I'm not talking anti-LGBT. I don't. I'm not a fan of the movement, but I have no problem with the people. Let me just te- show you something because the the Bible specifically talks about homosexuality, but they don't know what they're talking about. Let me just teach you what I found. Sure. Yeah, Let that's you know that's not, Yeah, that's homosexuality that. in the Bible. Everyone knows about Leviticus 18:22. However, is it what is really said there? The Greek word arsenokotai shows up in two different versions of the Bible in Greek, but was not translated to mean homosexual until 1940. In the 1800s, the German Bible said man shall not lie with young boys as he does with a woman, for it is an abomination. Leviticus 18.22. Same with Leviticus 20.13, young boys. 1 Corinthians, and the word arsenokotai, and it's important to mention that the Bible was written in Hebrew, yes, but everyone at the time knew that if you were an intellect, you wrote and read in Greek. A lot of Jews adopted this and translated the Bible into Greek. They were called Hellenistic Jews. That was the name given to them. The oh. Hebrews and the Greeks were, 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 were running their empires concurrently, right? So there was a lot of over there. So 1 Corinthians becomes boy molesters will not inherit. The-. Now, if you were to grab Martin Luther's original German translation from 1534, they used the German word Nabenschander. Nabin is a boy. Shander is a molester. The yeah. first time homosexual appears in the German translation is in 1983. So this whole anti-homosexual thing to begin with isn't even, if you want to believe it's biblical, it's not. 1983 is when it first like actually shows up in the, the Bible prints. That's that's so incredibly late. And I, I no, know no, in German. In German. Oh, in German. Okay, yeah, sure. But that's I, I knew I knew that part. And I think that's Right. So, I mean, this hatred against anti-gay people by the religious, the religious don't have a clue what they're reading. And you're literally hating another version of yourself. You remember, we're all God. We all have to treat each other like, like the, what makes you, you, and what makes me, me, the only difference is, is that we perceive in this flesh suit five senses that help us understand the surrounding. But even these senses don't exactly work to the best. I mean, our audio and our visual spectrum is like 1% of what's actually there. If you actually saw everything that was going on you wouldn't be able to function these are filters right <laughs> but this is what's meant to keep us apart from one another. i mean the death of religion is going to be what brings the world together standing that we're all god is going to bring that's fascinating because i mean all religions supposedly are trying to bring people together now even with the um you know with chrislam with the we'll talk about the... in my second book in my book series into the rabbit hole I explain how the Catholic Church invented us, and I have a first-hand account of it. Yeah, they do. It's in my second book. I explain the whole thing. They did. I mean, it, it. Jesus is mentioned in the uh, in the Quran. Right? Yes, he's a prophet. He's gonna lead. He's gonna he's gonna lead everybody back. Uh, they mentioned Marion or or Mary. They call him Mary. Mm-hmm. They they do. They think he's a very important prophet, but they believe Muhammad is the ultimate prophet. But they believe Jesus is gonna like lead the first wave, basically. But again, even the Quran is just an astrology book. Because the um, uh, the half crescent moon from Islam that's also the the bull's horns, if I'm not mistaken. The half crescent from the from the moon is. 
Well, Islam, the green, it's Venus worship is what it is. Venus worship even. Okay, that's, and that ties back in with Lucifer, the, the light bringer, who is most definitely not the same entity as, you know, the devil or Satan. Because right. Satan... I explained that too. Do you want me to share something else? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, Satan or Shaitan means, just basically means adversary you know if well the christians will change it to the accuser but yeah you're you're, you're absolutely right but let me just share this i have everything pulled up <laughs> okay here we go satan and lucifer yes. satan, first of all let me go back a little bit let's start here. hell the flaming inferno right this is where people are going to go burn forever right that's what they say yeah right. and right. it's it's so, as easy as not believing that puts you down there let me ask you a question how do we detect pain uh by our physical senses, with our, you know, our nervous system, indeed. The brain, the spinal cord, the nerve ending. Let me ask yeah. you a question. When you give up your ghost and you die and you become a spirit and you give up everything that's, that senses pain, how are you going to burn in a lake of fire in pain if you don't have anything that senses? That's an interesting question. And I... The truth of the matter is, hell is actually a real place, but it's on Earth. Winter. Hell is winter on Earth. So what they've done is inverted and perverted, but I'm going to explain it to you right now. But that's um, like in the uh, the Divine Comedy, where... Um, I'm going to show you that. That's coming up. Okay. The idea of a fiery pit where you burn for all eternity is ridiculous when you think about it, watch. Hell is actually winter on Earth. Why? Well, it's cold. The vegetation mm -hmm. and beautiful flowers and plants are dead. The trees shed their leaves and bear no fruit. It's freezing cold out. People tend to get sick more often. <coughs> Dangerous animals, if they're not hibernating are starving and scrounging for food. It's dangerous from humans. The Italian word for winter is inverno. Flip a letter, inferno, and pervert it, you get the concept of hell. This picture right here is Dante Alighieri's The Divine Comedy. Yeah. Satan's in the bottom level of hell, and it's a frozen tundra. As you can see, it's frozen up to his waist. The reason is, is because his wings are flapping so hard that every time something starts to melt, it just refreezes over. Dante knew hell was winter. The Bible even says it. They don't, doesn't the Bible say it? There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, when do you chatter your teeth? In the cold or the heat? Well, when you're absolutely freezing. Because, exactly. you know, the, the, the shivering, it's, you know, those slight movements is a sign of your body that's, you know, you're you're too cold. So even just those slight movements are right. a you effort don't, to, you don't to heat you up again. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated. And good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. You don't gnash your teeth while you're burning in hell. Satan and Lucifer. Satan doesn't exist. He's not a red devil with a tail and a pitchfork. In fact, in the earliest paintings of him hundreds, he was actually blue. Hence where you get the Duke Blue Devils from. They're a very famous college basketball team in America. Okay. The Hebrew word for Satan is Hashatan which literally translates to adversary. So in proper context, two competing sports teams are Satans to one another. Lucifer, <laughs> he is known as the light bringer. Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light. How can there be light without the light bearer? Lucifer mm -hmm. is immediately mentioned in the Bible, if not by name, but by action and purpose. Lucifer is also known as the morning star. 
the morning star is also known as the planet Venus. The reasoning morning, is, yeah. The reasoning is, is if you go out and you look at the sky just before the sunrise in the east, you'll see a bright light directly over it. That's Venus. It announces the arrival, mm -hmm. the arrival of God's only begotten Son, the light of the world, as he's called in the Bible. He's the sun, of course. Lucifer yeah. is known to have a pentagram. That's his symbol. Continuing with Lucifer as Venus, if you follow Earth and Venus's orbit around the sun in a year's time, they almost connect at five points. You connect that, you get the pentagram. This is what it looks like. The pentagram yeah. also is a pagan thing. I do believe that if the if the pentagram is pointing up, that symbolizes summer. And if it's pointing down, it symbolizes winter, which ties it all into... Yeah, that's, uh, that's more of a... Uh, well, yeah, uh, pagan uh, used a lot in, uh, in witchcraft also to symbolize the... Um, the five elements, uh, earth, water, air, fire, and Ether. spirit. Ether, yeah. yeah. And the spirit. other thing too is, is that what, what, what Christians don't understand is, is that the original use of the pentagram was a Christian symbol. It wasn't actually an evil symbol. Really? It represented no. the five points of infliction on Jesus. You had the, you had the two wrists, the feet, the crown yeah. of thorns, and the spear on the side. But now we even get into Baphomet. Yeah. Right? Look at Baphomet. People look terrified Ooh. when they put this thing. Everybody's favorite. Notice Alephus Levi's name here. He's the first person to invert it. The goat is Capricorn, and the man is Aquarius, the sign of the man, whereas Virgo is the sign of the woman. These are connecting signs, Aquarius and Capricorn. <clears throat> the ancients knew the divine was both masculine and feminine. Left brain masculine and right brain feminine. It's why Baphomet is a goat, a man, and he has breasts because he's man and woman. This is basically... The hermaphrodite. This is basically the joining of the male and the female, just like the star he, of David. He's an alchemical being, right? Is. This is the rudimentary phallic symbol, so the original penis, so to speak. This is the rudimentary sign of the womb, the chalice, the feminine. See, because it's a point up, like a penis, and then it's yeah. run, but you see the opening, that's a womb. This well, that's still, that's still in the... Uh, I've, I don't know... Uh, where I heard that again, but well, that was years ago. That's why they also still use it in the uh, in the army, you know, for the um, like the more well penises you have, basically the you know the better a soldier and fighter yep. um, you are, supposedly at least, yep. and you know it's a true man's. But world, I mean, it course. goes even deeper. Like this is let me show you. This is Solomon's temple. This is a faithful recreation of a blueprint if you do it from an overhead view. It's made with sex men. Let me explain this to you. Look at this picture closely. Everyone listening, look at this picture. I'm going to explain this to you in a second. Okay. This is Solomon's yeah. temple. It's even got the cubits at the bottom. It's built to scale. This is a view of Solomon's temple from above. It's important to note that Solomon is not a name of a person. It's a combination of three words for the sun. Remember, every biblical story, is, including Jesus, is about the sun. Sol means sun in Latin. Om, which is the sun, which is the light of the syllable Om, as advised in the Upanishad. And An was the city of light, or Heliopolis, in Greece. So it's called Sol, Om, An. It's three words for the sun. This was yeah. created using sex magic. So look at this picture. Yakin and Boaz, all the way on the right, are the testicles from the overhead. The porch oh. is the place of the penis. The holy place is the shaft. The holy of holies, the heads. The arc of the hole of the penis is where the DNA information tours. The store chambers represent the female room, and the two entrances represent the fallopian tubes. So, holy like there is a everything is sex magic sun worship everything yeah everything goes back to that everything fascinating and um, i mean sex can definitely be used uh ritualistic i have done a um a podcast a while ago with someone someone who practices and teaches tantra um which was very very interesting very well enlightening uh if you will and i believe that is also 
Um, I, I didn't get in to confirm it, but from what I have have read or heard somewhere, that that is how uh, how the Buddha reached his enlightenment. You know, under sitting under the tree, and he, I mean, sure, he was. Well, it was a fig tree. It was a fig tree for starters, and the Bible actually never mentions that it was an apple. They just said it was a fruit, and a lot of biblical scholars will tell you it was a fig tree. Buddha that, was enlightened under the fig. What I talked about, what is God? That's what he figured out. That's what I he mean. A, that's what he learned. A fig tree would make sense if you, you know, place the um, the happenings of the Bible in the Middle East or even um, Turkey. The, there are people who say it's like in the the Turkic regions. Apples don't really grow there. Apples are a European, a Northern European fruit. So for it to be figs, that would make a lot more sense because that is a fruit that's, that grows there. And the, the apple, you know, there you have the, uh, the Fezica Pisces. Again. I mean, the Dead Sea is basically coming back to life. They're starting to grow figs there. By the Dead Sea, really? Yeah, it's coming back to life. That's so incredibly salty. I've, I've been there. I've floated around you in, have been the, there and I've floated in the Dead Sea. And I got some in my eye, and I took a boiling hot shower because they're not <laughs> yeah, those little it's stands not... where you hit the water. They're boiling hot. I, I still to this day remember. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, quite a unpleasant no, experience. You could literally take a chair, a lounge chair, an Adirondack chair, and put it in the water. It'll float. Sit on the chair. You'll float with the chair floating. Read a newspaper. That's that's a that's a really funny sight, but that's that's pretty cool. But I mean, that much salt you wouldn't think that there is like still fertile grounds left there coming back to life yeah you wouldn't think that it shows you that's pretty awesome actually um you know kind of sticking with um the whole uh eden adam of eve adam and eve uh story um the snake that supposedly uh seduced eve uh, there are so many people who say it's you know it's either it's satan or it's um you know there are even people who say that it's lilith adam's first wife uh kind of you know taking revenge on adam by having well, his lilith became wife the the well lilith became the queen of the demons so there's no way she could have been but uh, you know i do wonder um so then who who was that snake or what was that snake like what is it the uh the truth is that it was part of god it was god experiencing god subjectively yeah okay okay yeah um These were I've, never I've meant to be taken literally would you read no. the, or the iliad and be like oh this is history no i mean at you this point at this point i would be you're like this truly happened no so why are people doing it with the bible yeah that's a good one and also you know you don't just you don't put a tree up with uh with fruits you know have a couple humans with it and then tell them do not eat that we're gonna want to you know if you like that's that's just that's basic human nature if you tell us not to do something first of all we're gonna question why well then and if if we don't if we don't come to a satisfactory answer then you know we're gonna want to do it that's all a question with sin they say eve took a bite of the apple even adam brought sin into the world but how were they able to sin if they if okay so the original eating it was a sin so deciding were, to eat it was a sin but they were perfect human beings in a perfect right. environment so sin had to have been there it's this is what i'm talking about the bible wasn't meant to be taken literally you know why because you run around in circles trying to make points out of everything whereas what i do <laughs> in my work 
is I just used the Zodiac and the Constellation, and I included the constellations that Ptolemy in 150 AD wrote about, the 48 of them that mm -hmm. they knew about at the time. I just used those constellations and I decode the whole Bible. Historical, I've done Sumerian tablets, I've done Babylonian work, I've done Egyptian Book of the Dead, I've done the Old Testament and the New Testament, I've done the Book of Mormon, I've done the Quran. They're all encoded the same way. They're all encoded the same way. This is my work. Yeah, and I I definitely applaud you for it. It's uh, it's a hell of a job, and um, you know I I of course I've watched your uh, your content. I will definitely be uh, be buying some of your books because this is absolutely fascinating, and it makes so much more uh, so much more sense because that's the thing is that so Einstein said that if you can if you can't explain something to a child, you don't fully understand, and I believe that. In quantum physics, they're looking for that one short sentence, that one little equation explains everything. But right now it's chaotic and there's a hundred thousand different ones and everything is a mess, just like the Bible. There's a hundred thousand yeah. interpretations because people are looking at it the wrong way. The majority of people, the religious people just like being told what to sow, they're out of the question. <laughs> And then yeah. you have people that don't know where to look and they just keep looking going down rabbit holes but they don't find it yeah and also you know, I mean, um, 300 uh, years ago if we did this podcast we'd both be executed i mean this this would be considered magic this would be considered the devil's work and yep. you know everything would be destroyed and we would, we would definitely be you know hung drawn and quartered for it um and you know in a way this this kind of is magic you know we're on on opposite opposite sides of the world but are able to you know speak with each other and see each other in right well, practically real time you know of course a like so many of, of a millisecond delay but um but still you know any technology advanced enough is indistinguishable from magic and uh and also you know science like the science definitely it has its his good things but you sh you shouldn't let science look for god because science and religion you can connect them with each other you should Here's connect the them everybody's with each other. Looking out. everybody's looking out there for and all yeah. the ancient texts tell you the kingdom of god is inside you it is you're a part of god it's inside you. Yeah, what you everybody has consciousness, self-awareness. Yeah, or they're looking infinitely smaller into, you know, the subatomic universe. The conversation that the religious really don't want to have is that we are all Jesus Christ. We are all the sons and daughters of God. We are all the sun in the sky. We are all everything. I mean, if God or the gods made, made us in their image and we are each, you know, a reflection of them, of the divine, you know, a reflection of that, you know, that, that shining diamond, if you will, the, the facets of a, a diamond, then yeah, we are all Jesus. We are all God. We are all the divine. We all have that. Um, There's nothing that... to fear. There's really nothing to fear. The problem is, is they generate, they generate division politically. They generate yeah. with different, with borders and religions and things like that. I'm telling you, getting rid of religion, good hard work is going to be the answer to everything. Yeah. And uh, I got a question here from uh, Zerleth, the Sumerian origins of El and Yahweh, because it's the, the El, the Elohim, the Elites, the elites, and Yahweh was supposedly a... Um, of that that tribe of gods how does let that you, let me show you something hold on i have to find it though so you have to give me a sec okay yeah no that's that's perfectly fine um you know i 
a lot of it goes back to, uh, of course, you know, Sumer and Babylon. That's where all the, you know, ancient texts and ancient religions uh, come from, even though um, I don't want to say like that is the cradle of humanity, because my belief is that there are um, are multiple cradles. I mean, sure, they there there is this overlap in many religions, many uh, philosophies, many ways of thinking. Uh, a lot of the stories are the same, such as the the feathered serpent, for example. Well, that's why um, they're all that's why they're all named El in the Bible. Michael, Raphael. That's why all the angels are named El. They're all yeah. part of God. But let me show you this real quick. Let me explain this. To you. Okay. Let me show you. Let me find you. Yeah, the angels and the the hierarchy of angels uh, is also you know, it's also quite fascinating. You know, don't because you shouldn't you, you shouldn't <laughs> fear them or. Do you see this? Yeah, I can see it. Okay, this is Hebrew. Okay, it helps if you can read Hebrew, which I can. But if you can't, I'll tell you. Look up. Mm -hmm. Look at the picture all the way to the right. This is the Tetragrammaton. This is Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. The Hebrew language is a code. It is a code. It is not a language. It is a code. In fact, if you get into deep Kabbalah, what you'll understand is that the name for is that the Bible was not meant. You know how they have like chapters and pages and sections and everything. The proper way to read the Old Testament is one long strand of lines. That's the proper way to. That's how you read it. That's where all the numerology is, where everything's encoded. But if you look at Yahweh, right? Oh wow! Yeah. Follow me real quick. These are rudimentary symbols, okay? Okay. The this is Yud all the way on the right because you're reading right to left. Okay, you're not reading left to right. So it's yeah. Yahweh. It's Yahweh Yud. And then the second letter is hey, vav, hey. The yud is floating in the ether. Okay, that's God. God becomes man. Look at the hey. And then look at yeah. the little look at the little line there. Man has child. Look at child. Yeah. Love grows up to man. Child has child. See how that works? Oh shit. Yo. Yeah, I do. The Hebrew language is a code. And that's oh, where you get wow. Yeah. It's really that simple. I mean, it's it doesn't it, it it, it, it takes a lot to figure stuff out, but for sure, it's it just God to become man, to give birth to child, or man mm -hmm. will, as one flesh, give birth to child, raise child, child becomes man, gives birth, and then it continues. The proper way to read it would just be to continue. So these are symbols. It's a language. It's not a language. It's a, it's a set of symbols. There's 22 of them. That's that's rather interesting because you know that that absolutely makes sense. I mean, I have to. Uh, two children of my own and my especially my son is um he very much looks like me he definitely is a uh well he's a part a of smaller you. he's half your dna but you experience him subjectively you can't hear his thoughts no it's the same no, thing god, it's the same thing with god and us so then why um and this is this is just you know bringing it out there then why would he create division or have we created that vision because we have that amnesia if you will and we That's think we are People all don't understand the truth there are very real answers out there mm -hmm. i may i'll never be able to look i'm not a mathematician so i can't think in terms of that's not part of my what i have in my head you can only think in terms of what you understand and know and have in your mind sometimes you can have divine inspiration read the akashic records things of that nature depending on if you're working pineal gland out or whatever yeah there are things that you can do that help but 
what it boils down to is that people don't know the truth. Now, I may never know how God did everything, but I know that you can't be separate from something that's infinite. The second you look for God out there, you're placing God within creation. God is beyond creation. That's why you should, yeah, that's why you find it within your within yourself. We right. all have that that divine And you experience, God giving, you experience God giving birth to yourself. That's the idea of Jesus. That's what you do with a child. A child is half you, looks like you, mm -hmm. but um, maybe even acts like you. But they're basically, uh, they're half of you, but they're also God too. Because that makes us a creator. Like we have created that child. We have brought that right. brought that into life, brought that into the this, of life, this world. The meaning, the meaning of life is to figure this all out. That's the meaning of life. That's, uh, that's a hell of a job. Um, and it's just, that's why I'm thankful that there, uh, you know, there are people like yourselves who, uh, who put this all together, who write the books, make the, uh, make the PowerPoints, do the, the interviews, the podcasts, because uh, this is, besides this being absolutely fascinating stuff, and it's, it makes so much more sense than, that's the thing, than everything we have been, been taught so far. Um, you briefly mentioned the Akashic records. Um, now, everyone who is, you know, slightly pagan or slightly uh, esoteric interested has heard about the Akashic Records before. What are they exactly? And is that truly like a a library of sorts where yeah. everything okay, so, and everyone is stored or is... So I'm going to end on this because I do have to go after this, but... Okay. Um, what the Akashic... You can think of the Akashic Records of God. It's every thought. It's every word spoken. Every thought had. It's in a esoteric realm dimension. You can access. You'll see, you'll find when you look at certain patents, like for the steamboat, or I think the coffee maker, for example, right? Yeah. You'll find that like seven different people invented it at the same exact time. And they only gave the patent to one person. They're all accessing the Akashic Records. How can seven different people have the same exact idea that can revolutionize something? It's part of the reason they uh, censored Nikola Tesla so bad. Um, but what I would say is that the Akashic Records are every thought, everything that ever was, ever will be. And you can access it by doing things with your pineal gland, like stop taking fluoridated toothpaste. It's poison. Uh, stop drinking fluoridated water. Get a reverse osmosis generator. Put it under your sink. Um, other things. You can um, you can meditate. You can fire gaze. Uh, go outside. The first 30 minutes of sunrise and the last 30 minutes before the sun goes down, stare at the sun. Um, if you don't want to do that, you can light a candle, a non-scented one preferably, because the scented one is yeah. going to throw you off. And just stare at the flame 30 minutes. This is going to open up your pineal gland. It's going to open you up to downloads. Okay. So, but those are all, well, forms of divination, aren't they? I mean, divination, divine. And yeah, that's a good one. That's, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll hear that in, in so many places, of course. And yeah, like, especially with, uh, with Nikola Tesla and the way he was censored, like it's, it's kind of a fun thought experiment to just you know try and imagine what's what our worlds would would be or would have been if you know if his ideas got yeah. um you know got made or just you know if it's in, if it was him instead of instead of edison for right. example but um you know he wasn't in the business of making money he wanted to help people and you know in this world unfortunately money is still god it is still what's kind of sort of rules this world even though the majority of it isn't even 
physical, but just numbers on the bank accounts consisting of numbers. Right. Um, so should I tell people where my we find my work? Yes, please do. Please do. And just you know, plug anything you uh, you want to plug, right. whatever you're so This is the first time on. I actually get to say this because it's now up. My website is debunkmywork.com. On it, you will find all my astrotheology videos. You will find all my social media. You will find my YouTube channel. You will also find a way to contact me at the bottom. All that stuff is there. Just go to debunkmywork.com. Awesome. I should have that link up in the in the description. So uh, definitely go there. Check out uh, check out Mike Eyes' work. It's absolutely amazing. If you think this is fascinating for you know for the last hour what we've been talking about um definitely check it out uh micah thank you so much for uh for coming on it was absolutely amazing uh i have so much more to think about to uh to contemplate to meditate on um i keep learning new things and uh like the moment i think i know something someone else comes on and uh you know shows me that it is definitely not what i think it is but that yep. i am getting kind of close yeah no absolutely it's uh it's been my pleasure and um well uh, we'll definitely have to uh, have to do this again sometime because there yeah, is you're just my contact. Just reach out to me. yes yes i will i will definitely do i'll um i mean this this all has to sink in first because uh, this is this it's been a lot but it's been uh, it's been absolutely absolutely amazing so yeah thank you very much and thank you all who have watched thank you all who listened uh thank you all who were in the live chat uh this has been the grammar pagans podcast with your host stein fox guest micah dank on astro theology Thank you all for coming. Don't forget to like, subscribe. <laughs> Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, you know, all the, the good YouTube chilling stuff. And until next time.